So this year, I'm really focused on my health, sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies out right now, and they're one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. They don't use any seed oils, no preservatives or toxins in their supplements. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and they're super easy to take when you're on the go. They also taste good. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. My routine, I have my eggs in the morning, I take a Symbiotica and I'm ready to take on the day, hit the gym, I'm more alert, I just feel good. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use Bachelor for 15% off your subscription order. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. What's up, all our happy hour listeners? We hope you guys are doing well. We hope you guys enjoyed the long weekend. You got an extra day in there. Celebrate the holidays. Some may have, some may not have. I understand <laughs> if you don't. But we know that, you know, this, just everything that we've been going through all of 2020, not last month, not a couple of months ago, just from the beginning of this year, it's just been a lot. And we know that it's been really hard to celebrate things just with everything that's going on in, in life, personally, even if it's not affecting you, it's affecting you just watching it, just reading it. So I hope that you got some time to just relax, breathe, self-care, self-love, <laughs> um, just in light of everything that's going on. And I feel like our podcasts have been a little bit heavy too, but very relevant. So I appreciate it. And I'm glad that we have the space to do that. Glad that we had Claire on where we could just you know, get to know her more. Everybody get to know her more because I feel like there's so much depth to her. And even mm -hmm. in two episodes, we still didn't get all of it out of her. So in light of everything that's going on, we figured, you know what? Let's have a little fun today. Let's do something that we haven't done before, but that we always talk about at the end of every single episode. <laughs> you guys, we always ask for you to write into us. And, you know, just comment, DM us, ask us questions. And you guys have been doing that. And you know what? We haven't been holding our end of the bargain until today. So we're going to answer your questions. We're going to dive into some of it. Becca and I are so excited to do this. We're kind of going to go through these questions for the first time. We haven't prepped our answers or anything. Mm -hmm. um, 
just to let you guys know, it is impossible to get to every single one of you guys, but just know we see you, we love you, we appreciate you for listening in to every episode with us. And so we want to honor you guys today. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah, Rach, I can't wait. I feel like we've talked about doing this. This is something that we've both probably wanted to do for quite some time. And we kind of did it on the lives a few weeks ago, you know, when quarantine started and we did our lives. um, We did get around to some questions, but there's obviously so many more that are just like flooding in not only our inboxes, but the Bachelor Happy Hour Instagram's inbox. And so this is our chance. um, And especially because we're all watching the recaps of the Bachelor's Greatest Seasons Ever. And especially after talking to Claire, I feel like it's a stirring up some nostalgia for us because she's about to embark on her journey and we you know talking with her we can kind of pull ourselves back and put ourselves in her shoes and remember what that feels like um and there's so many fun memories and moments that like until you talk about it and answer it you don't even remember that something happened and so it's going to be a fun little walk down memory lane for us um and so I don't know about you but I'm ready to clean out my inbox with some of these DMs to get around to these questions but it, that doesn't mean don't still send them in so please still do this yes. and hopefully we'll be able to do this like you know every couple of weeks or so uh just cuz it's fun um, and Rachel, I'm excited to hear from you, too, because, of course, there's probably some similarities that we both went through on our seasons, but a ton of differences, too, sure. because we had a thousand different men and experiences and destinations and dates. And so let's just get into it uh, and go through our experiences. All right. So like we guys said, we have so many questions to get to. And we're going to try to get to as many of them as possible, but we're also not trying to keep you guys here all day. So, you know. Or are we? We might be. But maybe maybe so. Maybe (laughs) so. Maybe so. Okay. So let's just start with the first one. All right. So first question says, we love you guys so much. How the hell are you guys doing? I think this is the perfect way to start off because it's just a, let's just check in, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's so much going on. We're just in the middle of unprecedented times. If I'm honest, I have highs and lows. Mm -hmm. Some days I wake up and I feel hopeful and just ready to tackle the day. And then other days I'm just, I take 15 steps back. You know, for example, the other day I was podcasting and we were just talking about different issues that are going on in our country. And we had to talk about another story, another tragedy, another murder. Uh, Specifically, we were talking about Elijah McClain. And we're just now talking about it, but it's something that happened last year, which is part of the bigger problem, which you can understand why people are still marching in the streets and they're so angry. So I'm trying not to get on the soapbox, but the point is, is that having to talk about that, having to listen to the audio of another person dying and begging for their life just really took me back. And my co-host said something really good about, you know, don't feel guilty if you can't give, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he basically was like, don't feel guilty if you can't give your all to it. If you can't watch that video, if you can't listen to that audio, that doesn't mean that you've given up on the fight for justice. It just means that you have to check yourself mentally. So if anybody else may be going through that out there where it's just hard to watch another video, it's hard to listen to the audio, it's hard to read about another murder, you know, it's okay for your own sanity and your mental health to take a step back or to talk to somebody or to admit that you're just not okay because that Mm -hmm. was me the other day. So 
all that to say, you know, I try not to stay in that place and I try to be hopeful and to try to make a difference in the, the best way that I know how. Um, so yeah, that's how I'm doing. Good days, bad days. What about you? <laughs> well, and that's life. I feel like we started off with like the most loaded question that we could have, like, how are we doing? Um, yeah, I mean, 2020, uh, for me personally, and I think for a lot of people in not only our country, but our world, it's testing us. And there's so many different factors. Like, I think I mentioned this on our podcast two weeks ago uh, when we were talking with Caitlin, but like COVID is still a thing. And because everything else that's taking place, um, like is at the forefront, sometimes I forget like, oh my God, we were living through a quarantine and this shutdown and people are dying. Like there's so much going on in this year. And I started 2020 like on this high because I had the Bachelor Live on stage tour. I had the podcast. It was yeah, like, girl. it was easy sailing. <laughs> and now I look back like just to a couple months ago and I feel like I was at a totally different place in my life, like completely different mindset. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely with everything happening. I feel like I'm being tested. I'm learning a lot more about myself and my friends and my family and just having new conversations that I've never had before in my life. And so, um, yeah, good days, bad days. Um, thank God for Minnow because she keeps me sane. Right? It's like the dogs do so much. I know <laughs> she's like, she is like my therapy pet. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I started 2020, um, and I had, and I was trying to find this the other day. I, I had a list of, um, like resolutions that I wanted to do for the year. And my number one thing was work on my patience, uh, which has definitely happened this year because of everything. And I just want to add to that, um, not only to be patient, but to keep expanding in what I don't know and my knowledge base and to be okay with having the bad days and the down days. I feel like, especially in the world that we live in, Rach, you know, we're always on social media and doing interviews and we're out there and it's you want to try to put on a brave face but I think I'm learning that that's not the case that's this is not the year to to do that and to pretend everything's perfect and so just going through the motions I mean you know thank god I have a great support group and friends and family but um I'm learning a lot 2020 is it's been a lot but uh you know I look at it as I mean like I would never want to not do 2020 for as many crazy things that have happened. Um, So that's kind of where I am. I think that, first of all, I'm shocked that you're not a patient person. I would have never thought that about you. You seem so patient. (laughs) You do. Ask my mom. She will say the exact opposite. I'm trying. I'm working on it. You you come across the the great facade you're putting out. (laughs) I would have said you seem so patient. I'm... I'm actually probably more patient than people think that I am, mm-hmm. but um, it's something I had to work on myself. But I, something that you said that I think is a good way to end this question is 2020. Well, first of all, let me say, I've always said odd years are my years. And I try to project mm-hmm. that on other people as well. And this is an even year. So my point <laughs> is being taken. I mean, all my, my milestones in my life have happened in odd years. Uh-huh. Like, go, go back and think about that for yourself, maybe. I don't know. You were the bachelorette in 2018. So maybe maybe even years are your thing. But it's oh, always been odd. It's always been odd years for me. 
And I, something you said though, that I want to emphasize is that there has been a lot of learning this Mm -hmm. year. And that is when I get hopeful, you know, when I have a good day, because yeah, I may be frustrated about some things, but we have captivated people's attention in a way that we never have been able to before. And I'm grateful that people are learning and I'm grateful that people are recognizing things about themselves and society, the society we live in, in a way that they haven't ever. And that makes me hopeful for the next generation. So Mm -hmm. that's what I try to channel, you know, when I'm, when I'm having a bad day. Mm -hmm. What do you do? I want to know, like for you personally, when you're having one of those bad down days, is there something that you do or that you someone you gravitate towards? How do you handle those days? Yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate that I have outlets. Then my podcast is a really good, the other one, a good outlet Mm -hmm. in because we talk about these issues and we just vent. And so that really helps me channel it. Um, I talk to family, friends that I can. Brian's obviously poor Brian. I'm like (laughs) killing him with rants and venting and he's so patient and thank goodness he just gets it. So that really helps too. Mm-hmm. But also journaling, meditating, praying, working out. I mean, all things to just release. Even if it's mm-hmm. in the shower and just crying, screaming, mm-hmm. singing. All those things just to release whatever it is that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I do. And reading too. I, I'm, I've never really been a big fiction reader. And in quarantine, I've been reading fiction because it just allows me to escape my reality. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's see, I'm the opposite where I used to always read fiction because I wanted to get out of my head and and put myself in some other storyline. But lately I've switched and I've been trying to read more nonfiction, um, just like my sister and mom have just like a stack of books that I'm back in Minnesota right now, my mom's place that I'm going to try to get through. Um, but one thing I, one thing I do is I really like true crime. So I still listen to my true crime podcast and just like take a walk. If I just need to like zone out and get yeah. away from everything, that's what I do right now. Maybe I, I tried a true crime podcast at one point. I couldn't do it. I listen it to start. the news. My podcasts are the news. I, I, mm-hmm. I love like a good journalism story. Yeah. Um, such a nerd in that way. <laughs> um, all right. So next questions. I feel like we answered so many questions in just that one. I know. Uh, <laughs> but here's a question that we get almost every day. Uh, Rachel, and I don't know if this is in terms of. So they're asking who is our dream guest. So either Gosh. I'm assuming on our podcast, but just a dream guest to chat with in general. I, I Do you have one in mind? Um. Well, oh, go ahead, please. Well, I would, (laughs) I would say, well, and it goes kind of into when I was the lead and one of the dates that I really wanted was, well, and I've said this before, Hannah B got it with, with the drag queens on one of her first group dates, but a dream guest of mine would probably be RuPaul. That's because, because I mean, like she's done it all and she um for those who haven't seen RuPaul's Drag Race I highly recommend checking it out um but she's kind of like the Chris Harrison role you know where she oversees um (laughs) all of the contestants but I don't know I just I would love 
I never met her at DragCon last year, and I would love to have RuPaul as a guest. I'm going to just aim I high. I feel like I don't know if, we, if this would ever happen, but that would be my number one, I would say. I almost want to steal yours. I, I am truly thinking, who in the world would I want on the podcast? I'm just going to say Michelle Obama. I was, well... And this, okay, side note to everyone, Rachel shared with me that she's talking to Beyonce's mom after this. So, Rachel, <laughs> I feel like you've talked to so many people already, and you've already had that amazing opportunity. I have, yes, been fortunate to talk to people. Michelle Obama is not one of them I have mm-hmm. had the, the pleasure to meet or talk to. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's a good one. So let's make both of these happen. Let's just put it out there, right? <laughs> let's just put it out there and make this happen. Put on all the good juju. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Oh, my God. Can you? I feel like, though, if we had either Michelle Obama or RuPaul, I would not talk. I would clam up. You would have to. I would just sit back and listen and smile. You would no, have to take the lead. I would. I No, I would want to just like pick their brains apart. I would be mm-hmm. all in. Um, okay. <laughs> What celebrity would you want to see as the Bachelor or the Bachelorette? You cannot say RuPaul or we. I can't say Michelle Obama. We cannot name those two. They're out. <laughs> okay, well, this is one that I've said before, and I've said it to, <laughs> to his face. I love Michael Strahan. You know I love Michael Strahan. And so He's if great. Michael, I know he has a girlfriend right now. At least I think he still does. If not, I mean. I'm not sure. He, I don't know. I would, regardless of like where I'm that. at in my life, I would take a two month hiatus in life and go back on the season just to like be around him. <laughs> <laughs> Michael is great. I, I, he's what you see is what you get. He is the exact mm-hmm. same way in person. Okay. Mm-hmm. My celebrity that I would love to see on is Rihanna. Ooh. Hands down, Rihanna. She would run through those men. She could perform, sing, dance, whatever it may be. She uh-huh. like Rihanna just like so is doesn't care about stuff. And I just think, I mean, like she just doesn't give zero. I'm trying not to curse. Give zero f's. And so I feel like we would just get a bachelorette who's telling it like it is, who knows what she wants. The man would be so intimidated. It would raise the bar. <laughs> I'm going for Rihanna. I don't, I think if we had Rihanna, I don't know if we would even need 25 to 30 guys. I would just watch her. I would just need exactly. a show of her. You know who else would be good? Uh, what is her name in real life? Um, Lena Headey, I think, who plays Cersei Lannister. Only because. <laughs> That's so random. <laughs> but playing into that, she would bust those guys' balls. She would put them in their place. It would be, I think, so entertaining. But then again, like, I would only watch it for the lead and no one else. Right. And assuming she's Cersei in real life, right? You don't <laughs> yeah. know what you, well, you really just want Cersei. <laughs> well, I follow her on Instagram and I love her. She's so outspoken. She, like, takes like no bullshit and so i feel like she is i mean not as extreme obviously because cersei was like she killed people (laughs) but uh i feel like she still is just a badass boss in real life now i'm gonna want to i want to follow her i want to see what she's about Mm -hmm. she's good um i don't think she's everyone's cup of tea but i i enjoy her yeah that sounds like my type of chick okay so this is a question that 
funny that we, we get this because I always ask myself this question and I always self-check. And the person who wrote this in said, if you had never come on the show, what do you think you would be doing as a career now? I don't know if you do this, Becca, but I always, I, I, I would have to say every week. At some point during the week, I say, okay, it's, it's Tuesday, it's one o'clock. What would I be doing right now if I had never mm-hmm. gone on The Bachelor? And I think about that and I'd be like, I'm, I'd be in an office, I would be in a courtroom, I'd be in a deposition. Mm-hmm. You know, would I be in a relationship? I don't know. Would I be married? I, I have no idea, but I always self-check like, you know, one decision can change the entire trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm. For me, that was someone coming in my office saying, trials are down the street in two weeks. You <laughs> should go. We should all go. Mm-hmm. I always do that. I mean, so to answer the question, you know, if I hadn't been the bachelorette or even gone on the bachelor, I would still be an attorney. I'd still be mm-hmm. practicing. Um, I have no idea what my love life would be. You know, at that time, I was coming out of a failed relationship, still trying to hang on to the remnants of it even though I knew it was it was over Mm -hmm. uh but yeah my career I'd still be an attorney you know even after the bachelor I went back and practiced law even after the bachelorette I still practiced for a year and a half after so I would definitely still be practicing Mm -hmm. oh man I don't even know I feel like I mean because I was working as a publicist in PR before the show I felt like where I was though at my agency I had like reached the end. So I was ready for some sort of transition, which thank God at the time it was the show. Um, I mean, easy answer. I would probably still be doing PR maybe for a more fun, like lifestyle company or for lifestyle brands. Um, But like, would I love it? Would it be like my dream passionate job? Probably not. I feel like, now, I mean, in a perfect world, I'd be like a, a homicide detective or like a oh whoa okay book Olivia editor Benson. or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not that I could ever do it, but um, just you know, going back, if I could do it all again, I w- I think I would pick maybe a different career path. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, I don't know because without going on the show and meeting Garrett, I would have never probably moved out to California and thank God I did. Cause I love it out there. Um, I'd probably still be in Minnesota dealing with the cold, depressing winters. I don't know. I don't, I, yeah, it's just, it's hard to tell. Like, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have kids yeah. yet. I just, yeah, I feel like I still had things like in life that I wanted to do. It's interesting you say that because Right before I tried out for The Bachelorette, I was in L.A. for one of my really good friends. Um, she was having a baby. So mm-hmm. I was there for a baby shower. And I remember it had been the first time I had been to L.A. in 10 years. And I oh, remember no. being there and thinking, wow, I, something just feels different. I feel like I should be here. And, my, mm-hmm. and I, my friends that were at the baby shower were like, you should come out here. And I was seriously thinking about taking the California bar and changing the type of law that I was practicing because mm-hmm. I focused in sports law in law school and I always knew I wanted to go back to sports and entertainment but I was stuck in a place of being complacent a little too scared to make that jump because I knew mm-hmm. I always didn't want to practice law forever in that way so it's interesting after hearing you say that it just brought me back to where I was at the time you know I yeah. was I loved what I did 
but I was always looking out the window and kind of wondering and imagining for more. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's crazy that, you know, now we have the opportunity and a little bit more freedom to explore the things that we've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Just great. Yeah. It's funny. Cause it's like, I look back and I, you know, you get out of college, you find your job, you think your life's going to turn out so different. You're like, I, when I graduated college, I was 22 and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get married soon. I'm going to have kids. I'm probably always going to stay in Minnesota. Yeah. Fast forward to when I was, when I first went on the show, I was 27, I think. And like, at that point, I was like, I'm just going to live my life and have fun and see where the world takes me and maybe move to California. And now, like you said, we have the ability to kind of switch up our lives and our roles or like what we want to do. And so it's like, you know, maybe I could become a book editor somehow. Yeah. Like maybe I would go back to school to get a new degree. Who knows? Like the world is your oyster, people. So yeah. I, for any 22 year old girls out there who think your life's going to go one way and you're dead set on like getting married and having kids right away, just give it some time. Give it some time. Yes. Have fun. And don't be Roll afraid to step outside of the box. That's what mm-hmm. always held me back. Yeah. Did you, I, I, I asked so many people this because I'm curious, when you went to college, did you ever study abroad? No. no. I never wanted to. Really? I know. It's weird. And I feel dumb saying that out loud now, but I didn't. I just kind of was like, I knew where, where I wanted to go. And mm-hmm. for my major, I was more focused on finding a really good internship in the sports industry um, than mm-hmm. I was studying abroad, just didn't go along with my career path. And mm-hmm. I did. That's what I focused on. I worked for the NBA in New York. That, okay. like, that was my, my goal to get with in a league and work with them. Damn. Oh, life. <laughs> Did you study abroad? <laughs> no. Well, I, that's the one regret. I wish I would have. Um, I, I was about to, I was going to go to Adelaide, Australia for the oh, semester. Wow. And um, it just was such a mess with the admissions and back and forth for months and months. So I just finally pulled out. But I wish looking back, that's like the one thing in college I wanted to do that I never did. So I still got to make it to Adelaide one day. Adelaide. (laughs) How crazy would that have been if that's where you went on your season? Talk about a full circle moment. Yeah. Can you imagine? I would have been like, who talked to my mom (laughs) and who planned this? Well, Um, that guy. Okay, next question. Going back to, I mean, (laughs) present day. uh, Someone wrote in who mentioned that they're interested in starting a podcast. And so what are some pointers for being a good host. Rachel, I'm going to let you take this because you are the best host. No, oh, stop, Becca. Please, the <laughs> pressure. You know, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. So, you know, give yourself some credit for sure. Um, I would say, I think it can be intimidating to start a new podcast. So kudos for you for wanting to do it because there's so many podcasts out there and you think, how can you stand out and be different? And mm-hmm. I think the only way to do that is there's, there's probably everybody has the idea out there. You know, whatever subject matter you're going to talk on, it's already out there. What makes mm-hmm. you different is you and finding your voice and how you're going to c- relay the information to whatever audience it is. So I think finding your voice, finding the subject matter and, and the topics for your podcast, mm-hmm. having segments, I think really differentiates yourself from other podcasts too and then knowing who your audience is and how you want um 
and make sure you have the right target audience for your podcast. But I, but if one thing, if I'm going to pick it is your voice, you being you, people are going to come listen to your podcast because of who you are and what you bring to the table. And I would also say a part of that is being well-researched in what you're saying, whether it's informing, educating, or, you know, just entertaining, make sure that you research what it is that you're actually talking about. Because mm-hmm. people will call you out on your BS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take it from someone I'm pointing to myself right now from a well, couple weeks of weeks ago. Yes. I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, I want to add on to that, too. Um, those are some great pointers. One thing, too, that I think I've learned from the past couple months of doing just this podcast in general uh, is like guests really can make a good episode for our listeners and i mean thank god like especially when we recap seasons thank god we have the lead and contestants or people who have performed or guests who have been on uh that make it more fun but even like and even thinking about who we've talked to for like listen to your heart i think they bring such a new perspective like when we had kesha and jason mraz um and rita wilson they bring such a different vibe Uh to what just the bachelor happy hour podcast was and so uh it just adds a good variety so make sure that if you can at times have some awesome guests and uh also to like yes this is our podcast and we're hosts but people don't always want to hear from us they want to hear from the guests so make (laughs) sure you have the right questions the good questions listen have follow-up questions and just keep that conversation open and flowing yeah yeah absolutely and networking, I think not only for podcasting, but literally in any career endeavor, networking is so key. Just say yes to talking to people, put yourself out there. It's not probably going to hurt you. The more people you know, the better. You never know who Absolutely. knows someone. And so that's key, I think, for anyone starting something new um, and and for any job network. Okay, so this is a question, Becca. I don't know if I've ever been asked this question in all the years since I've been mm-hmm. affiliated with the Bachelor franchise, but it's, do you ever miss having quote normal lives where you could go places without being recognized? So here's what I find interesting about this question. Bachelor nation is a bubble. And I think a lot of people, it's easy to get caught up in that everybody knows you because the audience is big. And, and so many people, you know, talk about it on social media or even in publications. But I come from a world where I did not watch the show before. Mm-hmm. None of my friends watched the show before. My family members didn't. So I come from a world where I could have seen you, Becca, walking down the street and I would have never have known who you are. So mm-hmm. I, de- I, I guess, function in a world where I don't think people know who I am because I come from a world where people did not watch the show. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to get caught up in thinking that everybody knows us because there is such a large audience. But the reality is most people don't know us. Now, mm-hmm. do we get recognized or I'll speak for myself. I won't put words in your mouth. Do I get recognized? Absolutely. But I don't get recognized to the point where I can't eat at a restaurant. I can't grab a drink unless I go to like a college bar or something mm-hmm. like that. But for the most part, it's somebody might say hi. and. So I feel personally like I live a very normal life. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's hard for me to function in this world. I mean, yes, there. 
I've, there are times that I've been surprised and I'm like, oh my gosh, was I picking my nose? Was I doing something <laughs> awkward? Was I singing in the car? But for the most part, I feel quite like I live a normal life. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know how you felt. <laughs> Uh, a little bit of both. I think it depends on like where I'm at because like when I'm in California, no one thankfully like really cares because there's actual like cool celebrities in LA. (laughs) Um, I will say when I come back to my hometown in Minnesota, it's a little bit different just because it's a smaller town, you know, not as much happens in Minnesota. So it is different. Like there are times where I'll be driving down the road and I don't even, and I'll have my sunglasses on, my hat on. Thank God for face masks now. But people will like come up like if I'm parked, like knock on the window or like, really? Yeah, um, there's been a couple times in Minnesota where, like, I'll be sitting down or walking and, like, people have come up and, like, put their arms around me. And I, like, I get very on edge just because it, yeah. in that instance, like, the the personal space and the, the touch uh, scares me from strangers. And but, it should. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and, like, at the end of the day, I mean, we're still people, too. I would never go up to a random person and, like, grab them. Right. That's just me. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, like you said, it is this bubble and, you know, there's, I think when one person recognizes you and makes, you know, more of like a thing about it, then other people kind of look and they're like, what's going on? But usually for the most part, it's so chill that, yeah, like you can go and do your, your thing just fine. Unless, as you said, like you're at a college town or I'm in my hometown, it's, those are the only cases where it's a little bit more extreme, but it's only colleges. I, I know I was at an airport one time and a group of girls, one girl was like, that is her. And she was like, are you Rachel? And so like, it was like a basketball team of college mm-hmm. girls. I'm telling you, college is the only time where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a little out of control. You know, I, I yeah. it's a little bit too much for me. But other than that, you know, most people mm-hmm. recognize you and don't even say anything, which, yeah, yeah I, I appreciate. I will say when you first get off the show, that's when it's the craziest. And then you feel mm-hmm. the pressure to kind of always be on with, if you're lucky enough to leave the show with this, a significant other, you feel like, and I remember an article came out that was like, Brian and Rachel were both on their phones and they weren't talking to each other. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you feel like you need to be lovey dovey and smiling and happy all the time, right off the show. And then you kind of normal things normalize and you're like, yeah, who does that all the time in real life? Yeah, exactly. Like you're, especially when you live with someone and you're together all the time, like you got to check your phones. You got to still do your own thing and have your own space and time and everything. So I will say when you mentioned college, when I was on the tour uh, for like the month that we were traveling, it was so funny because a lot of times, whether it was before or after the, the show itself, like Ben and I and the dancers would go out and grab drinks or dinner at some places. And Ben would, for whatever reason, always be early and get there first and show up. And I always knew where he was because there'd be a flock of people (laughs) around him. Like one time we went out to dinner and I was like, where's Ben? And one of the servers was like, oh, he's upstairs, like way in the back corner. And I get up there and the like entire corner is just packed with people. I'm like, I'm just going to let him do his thing. I'm not going to go over there. You know what? For guys, I think it's they get recognized more mm-hmm. than oh, yeah. we do as women. Yep. And because it's the audience is mostly women. I mm-hmm. remember I was talking to Astrid one time and she was telling me that they were doing an event in Toronto and it was Jason and Blake back when Jason was still single. 
And Mm -hmm. the line, she said, was wrapped around the door. And they all kind of had stations for people to come talk to them. And people were just flocking to Blake Mm -hmm. and Jason. So it's it's definitely more heightened for men. And I'd be very curious to to hear a Ben answer this question or, um, I don't know, Blake or somebody else like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, the the girls love the guys. I mean, even, yeah, even like doing meet and greets and having everyone just wanted to talk to Ben and ask him like if he was still single and all these things. And so, yeah, they, they love the best. And they can have it. <laughs> they can have it. I just want to keep living my life and doing what I'm doing. The recognition is not something, obviously it comes with it. But if I had a choice to not be recognized, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd rather not be recognized. Yeah. And coming from someone who like, especially if it happens at restaurants, I always have food in my teeth that it's like uh, you. I don't need to be recognized in that case. Or like I have to blow my nose or something. That's when I say, thank God for the face masks. I love when people are like, is it okay if I like, are you okay? Because they want to take a picture. And I'm like, girl, I was on reality TV. You saw me at my worst, my ugliest. (laughs) Go ahead and snap this picture. I don't care if Mm -hmm. I have on lipstick or lashes or whatever. Take the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're going to do it anyways, whether you say yes or not. Like, they're going to go and have their phones. That's that's the part I think that weirds me out more is, like, I'd rather have you just ask and, like, take one with me and smile with me than just, like, film in the corner. You know, like, just come, let's do it together. I completely agree. So you heard it here first. Becca said, come on over, take a picture. If you see her. (laughs) No, I'm just I don't know if I'm going to regret this. Leave her alone. (laughs) All right, let's see some more questions. Um... Oh, okay. Well, Rachel, I guess in terms of the podcast, well, let's do it in terms of podcasts and as when we were leads on the show. What episode did we have the most fun recording and filming and why? So wait, answer this for the show, our season, and for the podcast? Yes. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, for the season, the best episode, oh gosh, I, I'm trying to think of like a drama-filled one, but then that involves Lee, who ugh, I despise. Or the ex-girlfriend, who did she? What was the guy I mean, that had the girlfriend? I did enjoy telling Demario off, but I'm going to be yes. honest with you. In the moment, I was not happy. That was not my like going back. It was like, yeah, it was a, a girl power moment. But honestly, mm-hmm. in the moment, I was so upset that they put me in that situation. And I thought mm-hmm. I was going to lose my job. I remember thinking, I decided to be on Jerry Springer. This isn't what the <laughs> show I where it was like the second week. And I was like, mm-hmm. seriously? But that was a good episode because it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I will have to say, no, mm-hmm. the most fun episode was was Ellen. That oh, yeah. was a lot of fun just because I love Ellen to be on the show with her. She was so welcoming, so mm-hmm. great. I had met her once before because I had done her actual talk show. She was great with the men. She hated Brian. I thought that I was so fun. She was like, don't pick him. That's what she said to me. <laughs> don't pick him. I don't know if Ellen's Three years happy later. with me at this point or not. But just to see the guys open up, was that was the most fun episode, I will say. It was a fun day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the women went crazy in the audience. Uh, as for our podcast, ooh, we've had a lot of good episodes. Um, mm-hmm. My gosh, what would it be? I know what mine would be for the podcast. 
What? Well, okay, do yours then. Well, do yours. I have, I have two <laughs> for very different reasons. Well, first, I mean, I loved Kesha because well, obviously. she's just, yes. yeah, so that's just a given. But my favorite was with Neil Lane. Oh, that's it. Hands down. <laughs> Nothing will beat that. And I feel like, I mean, we only recorded with him and probably was saved like an hour of conversation with him. But we were with him for like much longer talking to him before and after. And he's just like this amazing ball of energy. And I freaking love Neil Lane. And it was so much fun. You call no, that was it. And I am so thankful that we were able to do that in person. And mm-hmm. not over Zoom. First of all, I don't even think we could have held his attention over, over <laughs> no. Zoom. He would have been looking. He would have been like, where's the camera? But I, no, no, that's it. I can't top that one. There will never be another episode like No Way. <laughs> that is, he is the most interesting man alive. That, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, by far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's nothing, yeah, nothing okay. can top him. Well, then what's your favorite episode from your season? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, it was, well, one of my favorites, and it was one that I had asked for, and I'm so happy that they gave it to me, but I really wanted a lumberjack date. Uh, <laughs> and so it was when we were in Park City, and all of these guys come, like, with their heavy boots and their suspenders and yeah. their flannel, and they had to throw axes and, like, move these heavy-ass logs, and I'm watching them sweat, and they're, like, trying to climb up these totem poles, like, and get to the top and like ring the bell and like it was just so much fun it was just like it was a nice day we were finally outdoors outside of the mansion it was the first place we had traveled to and i think everyone just like was in this just like these great spirits yeah. um it was just a fun like super interactive date where i like felt like i finally really got to know the guys like away from the show kind of like where we could let loose yeah so that yeah. was mine. And I also, for the record, want to say that I uh, threw the axe smack dab on the middle of the board before any of the men did. That so that's, that was, was my date. We yeah. all know women do it better. <laughs> we all know that. I think, though, the best dates or the, the most fun dates are the ones towards the beginning because they're so lighthearted. When you get to mm-hmm. the end, things get so heavy as you're letting people go that you care about. And even though you appreciate them and they're fun and they're more meaningful, the ones at the beginning, it's just because mm-hmm. we still don't know what we're getting into. We're all figuring out this journey ourselves, yeah. figuring out who each other are. So much fun. It's, it's like the first days of college where you're yeah. like away from your family and you're like, anything can happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you're just falling for everybody. You know, it's so, it's yeah. so great. It's so great. Okay. What was the best and worst part about your time being The Bachelorette? Ooh, best and worst. Well, I'll lead with the worst just because I want to save the best for last. Um, It's just, I don't think people realize how you're always on and you're constantly filming. I mean, of course, every week you tune in every Monday, you see a two-hour episode, but you're filming almost 24-7. It's very exhausting. Like, you, you, you just are always on for the guys and in the interviews. And so... That part, like, the, it's, it's chaotic for two months straight, basically. You you really don't sleep for two months. Um, That was probably the hardest, worst part, I would say. And then, of course, I mean, like, crying on camera is never fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best part, though, I mean, well, I have to lead with, of course, meeting Garrett sure. and meeting my partner. That's number one, hands down. Um, But then I think... 
forming the friendships with the girls during the bachelor season that are still lasting. And then friendships with the producers. Like they, some of them I still stay in touch with. We talk constantly. We still see. And that's the thing where I think a lot of people think like the producers are evil and that they're manipulative and it just has this bad connotation. And that's not true. Like they're some amazing people and and some really lifelong friendships form from that. So that's probably another one of the best things that came from it. Yeah. I think for me, I'll do it like you all end on the the good one. Mm-hmm. The worst part for me was sending, when you got to that halfway point, sending people home. Mm-hmm. Because I underestimated how difficult it was to send people home. I thought, oh, I don't know yet. It won't It won't be anything to just send you home. At least you'll know, you know, before I take you all the way to, to the end and mm-hmm. your feelings are too invested. I was wrong. Because even if you don't develop that love for them— you develop a friendship. Right. And so you have this person who's pouring their heart out to you, sharing intimate details about their life, mm-hmm. and you know you're not going to keep them. That was so difficult to me to encourage you to open up, but at the same time know this is only going to go to a certain point. Right. I You cannot prepare yourself for letting someone down in that way. And mm-hmm. you also just can't prepare yourself for the feelings that you're just going to develop. So you just don't know. Right. You just have to get into it. But you have to be present. And you have to put yourself out there because otherwise you kind of cheat yourself from the experience. Mm-hmm. The best thing, obviously, is meeting <laughs> Brian. But honestly, because I was so skeptical about it. I mean, I was open to love, but I was more so like, I'm going to represent myself as a black woman mm-hmm. and maybe I'll find love. I doubt it. There is no way they're going to find somebody for me on the show. And I was beautifully surprised. And I'm so happy that, you know, I took a chance, that I was open, and then I found Brian at the end of the day. And it's changed my life completely in Every single way my life has changed Mm -hmm. for the better. And and that's the thing. There's so much that comes from it. Of course, like all these crazy opportunities, but but the people that you get to meet along the way in those cool opportunities, like Rachel, you were just like, you're all over the world meeting cool people. Like I... Let's be honest. I never thought I was going to meet Michael Strahan in my oh, yeah, entire I was life. With your boo, not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. So, which I was very jealous. I think I messaged you about it. But, but like, had I not been on the show, I would have never probably met him or all these other cool, amazing people. So it's it's very special in that way. Yeah. So next question, uh-huh. and I think this is a good one because. I feel like I get this a lot, not just from our Bachelor Happy Hour listeners, but just like in everyday life. This Mm -hmm. is one of the big questions people have when they stop you on the street or want to know something about the show. They're like, oh, my God, you're on The Bachelor? Okay, let's talk about Chris Harrison. People want to know, how involved was Chris Harrison in your seasons? Did he actually act as a sounding board and help you, or is it all just a facade? Mm -hmm. I've actually never asked you this, Becca. Like, I'm very curious to how involved— Chris was with you. Chris, I would say Chris was like my safety net. That if I would ever get overwhelmed, I always knew he was there and had my back. Like he he does genuinely care. Um, one thing about Chris that I obviously never realized until I met him being on the show was just how witty and funny he is. I mean, he is constantly on. Like, he can just, like, he is so sharp. He just kept me laughing, especially in the moments when I was very stressed and anxious and overwhelmed. He just, he was that person. I I think it was... One of my most special times with him was the very last week. It was in the Maldives. I only had Garrett and Blake left, and I was really, really struggling with just 
knowing the gravity of the decision I had to make. And I was so overwhelmed with like, I didn't want to hurt anyone. You know, of course I was overwhelmed with like this feeling of love for these guys. It sure. was just a lot. Like I, I literally felt like I was going to burst in half with all of the emotion. And there was one day where, so we're, we're in the Maldives and we have all these like little huts along the water. And, and when you're on the show, you don't really have much alone time. You're mm-hmm. always with people. You're always either filming or prepping, whatever it might be. And so there was one moment where they were like, okay, you have, we're waiting for the cameras. You have an hour. And so I actually snuck away and I knew Chris's hut was like around the corner for mine. And he was with Carrie, the stylist and Gina, our amazing makeup artist. And I saw them all floating out in the water and I'm like, I'm going to sneak away. And I I knew I was going to get so in trouble for sneaking away from everyone. But I was like, I just need a moment of just normal in this chaotic thing. And so I swam over. I was actually walking on all these seashells. I think I bloodied up my feet a little bit, just trying to like go to Chris. Um, But I just hung out on the raft with him for an hour and just talked about life and everything. And he, in that moment, I think I needed it because I was about to lose my mind. And he just talked me through some things. He, he's really good about inserting his, you know, previous contestants situation soon to be like, don't feel bad. Don't get down on yourself. Don't feel hard. Like this is, this is normal. And he just, I feel it kept me sane and then I got back and they were like, where were you? Why weren't you here? We have so much to do. And I was like, oh, I was just with Chris. And they're like, oh, okay. So I couldn't technically get in trouble because it was mm-hmm. with Chris. But he he is very present. At least for me, he was very present and helped me so, so much. And a lot of that was never shown. But it was really special. Yeah, I think when, when I guess when I, you get this question, you think, oh, is he helping you pick the guys? My experience is similar to yours. Of course, I wasn't in the Maldives floating on a raft. <laughs> you were in Spain, but, though, drinking wine. I was. But well, I don't know if you know this, but Maldives is where I, if they were like, you had a dream location, that's where I, that's oh, what really? I wanted. So yeah. I was like, oh, so you just tell me I had to wait <laughs> one more season to get the Maldives. <laughs> um, no, but I, for me with Chris and this, okay, I didn't know you were going to compliment Chris the way that you did. Because what I was going to say is, (laughs) I found out that Chris and I really have very similar personalities. But now I feel like I'm bragging because you were like, oh, he's witty and he's smart. I'm like, that's not what I necessarily meant. (laughs) Well, so are you, Rach? Well, I'm more so just, you know, we don't know Chris when you're a contestant on this show. He comes in, he comes out. Mm -hmm. So once you become the lead, you're with a whole new set of people. You travel a day early. It's completely different. I don't know if you guys know that. So... What I, you get to spend more time with Chris. And so what I realized is he is very sarcastic because we mm-hmm. just see him in like a diplomatic way. Very he's, put together. Yeah. Yes. And he's a lot more loose. And so mm-hmm. I found that very refreshing. But he is a sounding board to answer your question and more so similar to what Becca was saying about life. I didn't sit there and say, hey, Chris, who do you think I should choose? Mm-hmm. It was more like... How do you navigate all this when it's over? Mm-hmm. It's going to be so overwhelming. Your life is upside down. I want to go back to some sense of of normalcy. How do I do that? What have other contestants done? Have you mm-hmm. given them advice? I don't want to lose myself in this process and forget who I am. And I think Chris is amazing at doing that. And he's such a straight shooter. And that's what I like. I need someone to just say, you know what? This mm-hmm. is what it is. This is how it is. And so he is great for that. So he really is just like a life coach almost yes. because you're in such a whirlwind living in this bachelor bubble mm-hmm. that you really don't even know 
you kind of when you when it's over, you're like, okay, now what? How do I put my shoes on? Right. How yeah. do I? How do I take you, a bath? I don't know. You know, like well, how do I use my phone? Well, and <laughs> that's that's the thing that I think we should touch on too for everyone because. When we're filming, we don't have our phones. We don't have all these normal things. You always have somebody taking care of your schedule, where you have to be, when you have to be there, all of your flights. So one of the hardest things coming off at the show for me was just to get back to normal. Like, how do I function? I remember the second I was given my phone and left at the airport alone, I had such anxiety. I was like, I don't know what yes. to do. I went to the wrong airport. I was like, I legit okay, can't no. function as a human that right now. That did not happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> I had to call, yeah, I had to call one of the producers okay. and be like, no. I don't know where I am right now. No. I sat with my phone in my hand when I was on The Bachelor and it was over with and I was in Finland. Partly because of the election that just happened and I was like, I'm not really trying to go oh, back that to was, America. I heard that was a depressing So I was like, and the, and the Finnish people were like, we have great seasonal jobs and I thought I might have to take you up on that. <laughs> I just sat with my phone in my hand staring at it. I was afraid to turn it on and I was afraid of all the messages I had but then my phone really did this weird thing where none of my text messages came through. They delete after a while. Yeah, so I was like, huh, okay, I'm good but I didn't want to look on the internet. I was just scared. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, yes, but all that to say, yes, you lose yourself in this process. It's it's a scary situation to go back to reality. You know, I, I just remember even, even this is trivial, but like pop culture news. Mm-hmm. I had found out somebody had passed away that I didn't even know. Yeah. It's like you miss, you are not so living much. in this world. Right. Like we're, we're in care a lot. Are you a Care Bears fan? Yes. <laughs> I thought you meant to say Camelot. No, first. I did not. I'm, I care a lot. Yeah. No, you are. You're in this fantasy world. And yeah. it's, it's a really a much harder transition, I mm-hmm. thought personally, coming back than I ever could have imagined. And then when you find someone, you are so excited and you want to tell everybody, oh my gosh, I found the love of mm-hmm. my life and I'm engaged and I've never been engaged. You know, it's you're so excited, but you can't really tell. Let me see. Let me sift through some of these. When you were on The Bachelor, I guess, or The Bachelorette, was it awkward? No, Bachelor. When you were on The Bachelor, was it awkward making friends with other women on the show knowing you were all making out with the same dude? <laughs> well, I I feel like I'm just really weird. And of course it's weird, like it's not comfortable, but you you get so close with these girls that you've, I, I mean, I felt like at first especially, I had a stronger bond with some of the girls than I did The Bachelor. And so I would joke with them like, yeah, we're sister wise. We would just make light of the situation because ev- let's be honest, everyone knows what's going on. You don't always want to see it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think I was like a little bit not as affected. Did you talk fantasy suites with the other girls? Like when we went in the fantasy like, suites? Of, yeah. Well, or, well no, because like, we were split happen? up at that point. Okay. See. Did you? We were way too open. So we were so excited for each other if something would happen. We'd be like, girl, did you make out with him? Did you, we would like, did you use tongue? And I remember Alexis, oh, yes. Alexis was like, I gave him the lizard tongue. And we were like, what is that? And she was like, I just jabbed my tongue and he blocked me with his teeth and I lizard tongued him. And we were like, what? what is that? We had, I mean, I don't know why it's weird. I know it sounds incestuous. Maybe because there's not that much to talk about. Your whole life is this one guy and mm-hmm. these girls are your only friends and the producers are your family members. It's kind of the you setup need that you talk about. Chris Harrison is God. I mean, it's like really how it is. <laughs> That's the setup in the world. And so, yeah, we always did. But we talked about, so I remember I would, people were like, I was very reassured throughout the whole thing. I would get 
dates. I'd get group rose dates. Mm -hmm. And everyone would say, like, how do you keep getting roses? And so when we were in off days, we were always, like, I was teaching the girls to twerk. So we would, like, twerk on the walls. We would twerk (laughs) on the bus. And I was like, how do you think I keep getting these roses? What do you think I do in my one-on-one time with Nick? I just, like, I would get in people's right. heads like that. Yeah. And I was like, it's over when it comes to the fantasy suite, you guys. You can all just go home after the... I didn't even have <laughs> sex with Nick in the fantasy suite, but I would just say random things like that to people and we would talk yeah, about what like, we will do when we get there and stuff. I feel like, yes. Well, now that you... Ber- like, I thought you meant like after the fantasy suite moment, you talk about it with other girls. But at I that did. Point, but weren't you separated from everyone? So... Okay, How did that happen? Raven and I had, it was me, Raven, and Vanessa, and we had this thing. And we, I remember before we were like, are we going to be Eskimo sisters? <laughs> like we, kept, we kept saying that to each other. And so when I saw her, when we were in that rose ceremony, you're right, oh, we're separated. Yes. And so we were the first two out. Or no, maybe Vanessa was out at that point. I don't even know. And we're just standing there, and I just turn and I look at her, and they keep going, shh, shh, because you know you're not supposed right, to talk yes. to each other. Game faces, and I ladies. Go, yeah, game faces, ladies. That's <laughs> another behind-the-scenes thing. And so I turn and I look at her, and we both just look, and we just start laughing. And I was like, you? And she's like, no. And I go, and she's like, you? And I was like, no. And we're like, dang it. We didn't we didn't get to be Eskimo <laughs> sisters, so we just kind of like laughed and looked at each other. No, well, so I never <laughs> had that specific moment because I think I was brought into that rose ceremony last and then he brought Kendall away right away. So it's like we couldn't even talk. Um, but no, beforehand, we were all super open. I mean, like, yeah. you have to keep in mind, people, you're living in a mansion or these houses with people that you get really close to. Like, there's not much privacy. Everyone, yeah. Like, on my season, I don't know if it was the same for yours. Like, all the girls were walking around naked. Like, oh. it was just like, it was like a sorority. Yeah. And so you just get really close with the girls. And so, of course, you make jokes. Like, yeah. Becca M, I think, was the best about— I mean, and I always knew she was joking, and so I would never get upset. Like, I could definitely see some girls being like, oh, well, he's mine. Don't talk about that. Yeah, there's always some of them. But I'm like, there is 79,000 of us girls in this house. We all know what's happening. We're all kissing the same dude. We're all going for him. So it's like, you got to know what you're getting yourself into. And I think that that's a huge success for survival Mm -hmm. on the show. And it's actually... It's unfortunate because part of the journey is making these lasting friendships. Right. I, I know you're still friends with girls from the season that you were on, and mm-hmm. so am I. And they're so a part of my life and ingrained in my life, I can't even imagine not having those, those friendships. Right. You know, because you just go through something together, and you really learn a lot about each other really fast. It really bonds you in a special way, like a special weird way. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a good one. And I, Brian and I talk about this all the time, actually, so I'm really curious about you and Garrett. If you hadn't become The Bachelorette, would you have gone on Paradise if they ask you? And then also think, if you hadn't chosen Garrett, do you think Garrett would have gone on Paradise? Oh, Both of those. 1,000% Garrett would have never gone on Paradise. Okay. Hell no. Would you? Um. Okay, here's the thing. Before... The Bachelor season, I and had never watched Paradise until probably a week before I left. And one of my friends showed me one episode. And I think it was the one where the twins came in. And um, I was like, I was very scared. I was like, if this is what The Bachelor is going to be like, I like they just seemed very mean. And I was so scared. Um, and so I would have said in that moment, no, but then I went on the bachelor, met all these great fun girls that I was like, hell yeah, I'd go in paradise. Like, we'll just spend the summer together on the beach and like, well, why not? But, um, yeah, if you like, no, I, I, I don't think I would have lasted very long on paradise if I'm being honest. 
I get sunburnt too easily. Okay, so it's so funny that you say uh, a thousand or a hundred percent Garrett would not have gone. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent Brian would have gone on Paradise. Really? Uh, absolutely. I, I, and, I, and I tell them, when we watch it, I'm like, I saved you. You would have gone on this show. I say that to him all the time. Yeah. I would not have gone on Paradise because I was still practicing law at the time. Mm-hmm. And that's why I almost said no to Bachelorette. Because I didn't want to jeopardize my career. And Paradise just has a different connotation than The Bachelor or Bachelorette. And so I felt like if I go on this, I'm going to jeopardize my job. Mm -hmm. I see that. I would have, I I say I would, you know, never say never, but I don't think I would have gone on the show. Unless there was just somebody I was just really into and looking forward to meeting. But Brian, but you could have just done what everyone else did and slide into their DMs. I don't do that. I like I no. I just I don't. I didn't even know I had DMs until six months into the Bachelorette being over. I didn't even know what DMs really? were. Yes, oh. I'm. I'm telling you, I'm our dinosaur. I'm archaic when it comes to. You saw what just happened when we did that live a while back. <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> um, no, but Brian, I think Brian is such. He reminds he's like Peter in some ways, like very hopeful, very romantic, mm-hmm. very optimistic. And I think he would have and he likes the show. Mm-hmm. Brian's a fan of the show. There's no secret to that. So I think he would have wanted to go to see what the experience was like, yeah. to meet new people, to be hopeful. Oh, love didn't work out with this this way. I want to see if I can give my all to mm-hmm. someone else. I really he would have gone. Interesting. Do you, I always yeah. wonder, like, what? Who, like, like who would—I I try to think, like, I'm the only girl in the world for Garrett. So I'm like, who did he even go for? Like, no one, because it's not me. That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm like, I, yeah, that's and that's how we have to think. Um, okay, next question. <laughs> What's the most surprising thing you learned about yourself from being the Bachelorette? Mm, um, from being the Bachelorette— Oh, man. I I would say two things. One would be, and this is kind of like post-Bachelorette, just in the world that we live in now, that it's okay to say no to things and and to take time for yourself and to not say, because there's a lot that comes from it. And I found myself, like, I, from my sanity, I, I have to say no. That's just a side thing. I would, I think, though, from actually being on the show, it's that, um, just to be more decisive in my decisions and to not apologize for that. It's very easy when you're the lead, especially because you're sending guys home, you're breaking their hearts, you're hurting them in a way. And and to and to know that they're gonna be okay and that you'll be okay and to just stand by what you feel and to not apologize. Cause it everyone goes through things like that. Everyone has to pick and choose at times. Um and so to just stop saying sorry if moments are uncomfortable. Yeah. I think for me, it was not being so controlling. Like, I learned to let myself go. I try to control every situation. Mm -hmm. And this was a situation I really couldn't. And the only way that this was going to work, because I knew what I wanted deep down inside, was to let myself go Mm -hmm. and just let things happen and see where the chips fall. Yeah. That's and good. so, and I, and I struggle with that in real life, right. but that world allows you to do that. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't, I never would have been able to find Brian. And so I'm really glad that I was, you know, it's, it's just such a, as crazy as the bachelor world is, if through therapy, if I hadn't gone to therapy before I had been on the show, mm-hmm. I do not think I would have survived it. But definitely, I, I mean, truly 
No, oh, I was going to say is that world allows you to just let yourself go because the mm-hmm. only thing that you can be present in is with yourself and how you're feeling and focusing on the men that are in front of you and mm-hmm. what you really want for yourself. And if in the real world, there's so many other distractions. And so if you let yourself go and you trust the process, even if it doesn't work for you, it is truly the most beautiful learning experience because mm-hmm. I remember coming out of The Bachelor. It didn't work for me. But I remember thinking, I know exactly what I want for myself and what's missing out of my life. Right. Hands down. Yeah. Because I've taken the time to focus on me. Mm-hmm. And in real life, I do not do that. Right. So one, I learned to be a little selfish and focus on me. And then two, just to let go and not control everything. Yeah. And Those things are... can still work out when you don't do that. I mean, let when you go. do that. Let it go. I've never seen Frozen. You know that? I have not either. It's embarrassing. You are the only other person, I swear. And now it's to the point where I'm kind of happy that I haven't because if I ever have to play the Never Have I Ever game, that's how you get everyone outraged. Wait, the Never Have I Ever game? You get yeah. every, like, w- you Should know, we play that now? Should we, should we play Never <laughs> no. Have I Ever really quick? Three no. fingers. I lo- I lose really quickly. I might too, though. Wait, but what are the, what's the topic? Anything. You just have to say never have I ever. And if you've done it, you put a finger down. Okay. Do you want to start or do you want me to? You start. Okay. Mm. Well, the only thing I could have gotten you out with was the frozen thing. Okay. Never have I ever been in a blimp. I have. I know. I have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So we're doing the bachelor at batch slash bachelor edition. Edition. Um, okay. Yeah. Blimps, and that was a really special moment, can I just say, guys? Because I, as a child, we used to drive past this place, and there was a blimp that was sitting in this trailer. And as a kid, I would always say, bimp, bimp, bimp. I was obsessed with blimps. So the fact that I got to go in one on the season, and production didn't even know that. Really? It was like a real thing for me. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Bimp, bimp, Never bimp. have I ever. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Never have I ever gotten it on in a hot tub on the, on the show. I never have. Dang it. <laughs> I don't know you why. You know what? I don't think on my season, I don't think I went in a hot tub with anyone. Oh, lucky you. There were no hot tubs. It's we did. Well, I, went I, on, I went in three hot tubs. They had, okay, no, no. Here's one thing. During my second, was it my second? No, I had a, oh yeah, it was my second one-on-one date with Colton. The night he told me he was a virgin, like that whole conversation, instead of a hot tub, there was a bathtub (laughs) filled up with hot hot water and rose petals. No. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. He just told me he was a virgin. I'm not about to get in a bathtub that I can't fit in myself. Was it at least like, um... Like, not a regular bathtub with, like, was, the shower head in it? Was it at least, like, um... It was, like, a nice jacuzzi in a, in a hotel room, but but it wasn't big. Uh, no. Okay. I have another one. Well, I would have to put a finger down, but I don't know. I'm just, like, did you... Well, okay, fine. I'll play the game. Never have <laughs> I ever, and I have, never have I ever had a too hot for TV moment on my season. Was there, like, a hot moment that didn't air... There was there was a time, it was with Garrett in the Bahamas. Well, you have to share yours after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Garrett and I 
it was it was the week before hometowns and we had our date we had like our dinner together and the and they were like okay we'll let you guys go into the ocean together. So we went and, like, ran into the ocean, and it's nighttime. And, of course, like, you have the the camera, so you know the camera, and, like, the team is still standing on the beach, but you're so far out there, and you're not right. mic'd. It was, like, it was legit our first time not mic'd together where we felt alone. Mm-hmm. And so we stayed out there for quite some time. Oh, and that's nice. And we heard them yelling, like, come in, we got to go, because we were out there forever. And Garrett and I were just, like— Having fun in the in the ocean, hanging out, like pretending to ignore them, and so then when we, <laughs> I don't know if this should be aired, but but <laughs> so I want to know. So then, when, well, so then when we walked back up on the beach, Garrett, of course, like had to kind of readjust, like walking backwards a little bit, so the cameras didn't get everything. But that was, I think, like the only time that we were really like alone together besides fantasy suites. I mean, we were in, like, a car together, but that doesn't count. The ocean would have been really nice. We didn't have that. But Brian and I had a a hot tub moment that never aired. Oh. And we were in Spain. And the the narrative on the date, and it was, it was a weird date. I was, like, not in the right headspace. Mm -hmm. So what you saw really was true. But then we had this moment in the hot tub that it was like, I was like, Brian, literally, fantasy suites are tonight. Can you just wait until the (laughs) evening? It was like that. And it was so awkward because it's not like we were away in the ocean. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was good, but it was awkward because cameras were right Right there. there. And you can see all in the water. And I'm like, literally, fantasy is tonight. It was that (laughs) night. And I'm like, you can't wait. Give me two hours, man. You can't wait a few hours. Yes. No, but it never aired. I I really think it was just too, I really think it was too much for TV. It really was. But you know what? At least these are the men that we chose, and these are the stories that we have to tell. Well, I mean, the world saw Garrett and I break our headboards, so I feel like (laughs) nothing's really off limits at this point. Well, Rachel, that was so much fun. Thank you guys for writing in. You know, don't let this be a one and done because hopefully we can keep this going, like I said at the beginning. So keep writing to us, ask any questions, and hopefully we can do these every couple weeks because I feel like it's just a fun walk down memory lane for us, Rachel. It is. (laughs) So, yeah. So we cannot thank you guys enough for supporting us and just being the best fans ever. We want to continue to get you guys more involved in our episodes and answer as many questions as we can, as well as keep inviting guests and covering topics that you guys are interested in. So not only write in your questions, but any topics too. We would love to hear from you. Uh, With that being said, keep writing to us. Don't hold back on your thoughts, questions, suggestions, criticisms, anything, because we are listening and hearing you guys. Yes. And we know you guys know where to find us because you sent such great questions in. But if you're new to Bachelor Happy Hour, maybe you haven't, maybe you've been a little scared to send in a question Mm -hmm. or a DM or anything like that. Let me tell you where to find us. You can find us at Bachelor Happy Hour on Instagram and at Bachelor Happy Hour on Twitter and Facebook. And one last thing before we go, I want to say this because we need this. You guys, we put this out on our Instagram. We need a name for our listeners. We will totally shout out the person who gives us the name. We will give you credit because we need something to call you guys. You know, Mm -hmm. we keep saying listeners, you're more than that to us. So we want a cute nickname for you guys. All right. That's your homework for now. Until next time. See you later, guys. There's a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. 
There is power in every purchase because every time we buy a black lead brand, we make room for another black lead brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.